Hi, I'm Roger Blackmore. I'm the lead pastor at Genesis Church on Long Island in New York. Thanks for downloading our podcast. I hope it's a blessing to you. If you want to learn a bit more about our church, then check out our website, genesisli.com. And of course, if you live within traveling distance of us, we'd love to see you in person on Sunday morning, worshiping with us. So here's today's message. Enjoy. Time for all of us in different ways. And a lot of us, every holiday brings back particular memories and particular joys. And uh, I'm sure a lot of you will be having family gatherings, going to family gatherings today. And uh, we did ours yesterday, so this afternoon I sleep. That's a great plan. But for those of you, I just want to help the guys particularly that are going to family kind of gatherings. I I just thought I might throw out a few dad jokes to help you guys, because they're like expected from you any time of day, but maybe especially at Easter. So here's a couple of dad jokes just uh, for you to take with you today. Why don't you tell an Easter egg a good joke? Because it might crack up. I told you it was a dad joke, all right? I didn't say it was good or funny. I just said it's a dad joke. What do you call 10 Easter bunnies walking backwards? A receding hairline. (laughs) Hey, you know what? Maybe we'll leave it there. Okay, yeah, we won't go any further with that, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. But Easter does bring back memories. I was was just remembering yesterday that um, 50 years ago at Easter, my wife Jill and I got engaged. So, how about that? So, it was, um, yeah, it wasn't the same date because Easter moves. It was a couple of weeks before now, but 50 years ago at Easter was, was when we got engaged. So, so many memories, so many things about Easter that are special, but we're here today to celebrate resurrection. Amen. Celebrating the resurrection of Jesus and what that means to us. And, you know, here's the pattern that brings us to Easter Jesus was born, great promise, unbelievable promises, unbelievable things he was going to do. His life's got incredible traction. Then Good Friday comes and he's dead. But then comes Easter Sunday and the dawn of something totally new. Now, I want to tell you, that's not just a fact of history, but that's a reality of how God works and still works has worked in our lives, and will work in your lives. There are times when in life we seem to be motoring along, and everything seems so really good, and suddenly, bam, we hit a wall. And if you're there this Easter Sunday morning, I just want to remind you, the wall isn't the end of it. The grave can't hold any of us, but the reality is God's got life for you beyond the obstacles that hit you and that are hurting you because God's the God of resurrection. So let me, just, let me just start with this. For every one of us here today, you were born on purpose and for a purpose. Every single one of us here today was born on purpose, God's design, and for a purpose. Now, I guess a lot of us start life with ambitions. A lot of us start with our aspirations. When our son was little, we used to say, what do you want to be when you grow up? He'd say, king. (laughs) 
Now, at least living in the UK at that point, there was, there, there was a minimal chance. Because <laughs> at least we had a monarchy. He did have to relinquish that. We did suggest to him that he aimed slightly lower anyway. Hey, some of you ladies, your, your, your dream while you were younger might have been to grow up and marry Prince Charming. So take a moment and look at the man that you came with today and say, you are my Prince Charming. Wasn't that a beautiful Easter moment? But we, we, we all start kind of with our ambitions. I wanted to be a cop when I was a kid. I mean, when I was a small kid, I was driven like I, I, everything in me wanted to be a cop. Uh, and, and I loved it. I loved, the, I loved the look of the uniform. I liked, you know, I don't know what about it, but I, I was desperate to be a cop. Everybody would say, what do you want to be? Policeman, policeman, policeman. That was all. And, and that was my ambition right through the whole of my life till I was six years old. And, and, and back then in the UK, if you were going to be a police officer, you had to have 20-20 vision. And when I was six years old, I was told, you're going to wear glasses for the rest of your life. Now, as a six-year-old, to be honest, I wasn't thrilled with wearing glasses all the time. But I was even more devastated that my ambitions for the rest of my life were in ashes at my six-year-old feet because I couldn't be a cop anymore. A lot of us have got ideas and ambitions, and we should be. We should be living with some sense of purpose and some sense of ambition and hope. When Jesus was born, his birth was announced that he would come to earth for a special purpose. The angel appeared to Mary in Luke's Gospel chapter 1 and verse 21, and here's what we read. The angel said to her, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He'll be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. The angel said to Mary, this baby you're going to give birth to is going to be great. This baby who's going to be born is going to reign, and he is going to reign forever. And then a bit after that, the angel comes to Joseph, who's Mary's fiancé, to talk to him about what's been going on with this um, promise of a child. And in Matthew 1 and 21, the angel says to Joseph, she'll give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus came into this earth with specific purpose. He will save his people from their sins. He was born on purpose, and he was born for a purpose. And that is true not only about Jesus, but it's true about you and me as well. In the Old Testament, there's a prophet by the name of Jeremiah, and when God calls him to become his prophet, here's what he said to him, Jeremiah 1 and verse 5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. I, I want you to take a look at that verse. God says, firstly, before I formed you. 
And one of the things we need to keep coming back to is this. We are alive today because God willed it to be so. We are here today because of the miracle of life that only God can create. We were formed by God. God says, before I formed you in the womb, before I formed you, I knew you. Then he says, before you were born, not only did I know you, but I set you apart. So God says, you were special before you were born. And God says, before you were born, I had a purpose for you. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Before you were born, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. You know what that tells me? That tells me that God knew us before we were even conceived, that God planned that we should have life, and that we are here today by the will of God above everything else. Your life is God's creation. And that, by the way, is why I am totally convinced, because God forms in the womb, the protection of the child in the womb is a major responsibility of a moral society, let alone a biblical society. You see, there are no accidents in God's economy. There are no mistakes in God's economy. Your parents may not have expected you. You may have felt growing up your parents didn't really like you or didn't really want you. But the reality is this. God planned that you should be sitting here this Sunday morning. God gave you life, and God gave you life with a purpose. You were born on purpose, and you were born for a purpose. Because God knew that you were coming. God planned for you to be here. And God has a purpose for the lives of every single one of us. Born on purpose. Born for a purpose. But let me go on to the next bit. The pathway to your purpose will always pass through pain. That's the progression of the life of Jesus. He was born on purpose and for a purpose, but then the pathway to his purpose passed through pain. Now, every week when I finish putting my teaching notes together, I, I, uh, I give a copy to Charlotte who inputs them into our computer system so you can see the guide on the screen. And then I give a copy to Laura, who's also part of our office team, and Laura actually puts it into the YouVersion Bible app. So that if you hit the app, you go to menu, uh, you go to events, you can find the whole outline of my teaching and all the Bible verses there. Generally, you can find the bits I didn't actually have time to say. So it's usually all there. And when I gave Laura my note, she looked at this and she said, really? I said, what? She said, it's Easter. I said, what? She said, Easter Sunday, the pathway to your purpose will always pass through pain. And I said, yeah. Yeah, because that's the reality, that is the truth. That's how life is, that's how life progresses, because if you have lived this long and have never been in pain, you're taking some strong stuff. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't be. The pathway to God's purpose will inevitably pass through pain. Listen, Jill and I love Montauk. We really enjoy Montauk. We haven't gone since I had a heavy speeding fine last year for going there, but 
When I learn to drive more responsibly, we'll go back to Montauk one day. But, but if you're going along 27 to Montauk, you've got to go through Amagansett. You've got to go through Amagansett. There's no other way. If you're driving in there, there's no other way to get there. If you're going to Montauk, you've got to go through Amagansett. It's absolutely inevitable. And if we want to get to, if we're going to achieve God's purposes, which we are, the pathway will always pass through pain. So we all start life with a lot of ambitions, with a lot of hopes, and we all start life with dreams, and, 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 and we've all been there, and maybe you've been there recently, and then it seems as if challenges occur that push us down. In Proverbs 13 and verse 12, Solomon puts it this way. He says, unrelenting disappointment leaves you heartsick, but a sudden good break can turn life around. Unrelenting disappointment leaves you heartsick. And you've been there and I've been there and you may be there right now. It's like, how much more can I take? One more thing? Really? Doesn't God know what I've got already? I mean, thing after thing, unrelenting disappointment. When, when we were kids, we used to spend a lot of time in the summertime at the beach. I think probably because my grandfather worked for the railroad and we had passes on the train to take us the 10 miles to the beach. And my mother would pack us all up, us little kids, and go to the beach. And we loved the beach, still do, and we loved being in the sea. And uh, we'd be in the sea, though, most of the time we were there at the beach. In fact, I've got this lasting picture of my mind of one particular day when it was really raining. And the beach is totally deserted, except for one person sitting in a beach chair with plastic over her. And that was my mother, God bless her. I mean, God bless her. I wouldn't be doing that. I'd be, we're getting out of here. I don't care that you want to stay. You're not staying. I'd be, I'd be out of here. But my mother's sitting there. We don't care. We're wet already. We don't care that it's pouring a rain. My brother and I used to love diving into the waves. We used to, when we arrived, if there was like some good waves, we were in our element. And we'd pick our wave as we saw them coming and say, no, not this one, let it go. This one's a big one. And we'd dive into the wave just before it broke and all the surf started to hit us. But now and again, we timed it wrong. And we got to dive in there and the wave broke just ahead of us and the surf would drive us into the shore. I remember one time when that happened and we were ready to dive into this huge wave, but it broke just ahead of us and we, we were diving and we got into it and it threw me right back into the shore without my shorts. <laughs> that, folks, was embarrassing. So here I'm at the shore and I'm flailing around trying to find my shorts and get my brother to find me my shorts and I'm trying to stay low under the water at, at the shore and then I get my shorts and I'm wrestling to put my shorts on and, and then suddenly another wave crashes on me and I'm like thrown all over the place and, and I'm trying again it's like I don't ever get a break here now you'll be glad to know I did get my shorts on and I did not get arrested and therefore I'm able to be here today but sometimes life's like that Beaten down by one thing after another after another. 
The pathway to our purpose will always pass through pain. But what I want to tell you today is this, and this is what the resurrection promises. When life is at its most painful, it's not over. It's not over. If unrelenting disappointment makes us heart sick, and it does, there is still hope. You know, the heart's the center of so much. We, we look at it as the center of our, our feeling and our faith and our joy and our peace. And when your heart's sick, instead of living in the light of those beautiful things, people end up disappointed, angry, afraid. They die a bit on the inside. Unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick. But, but a sudden good break can turn life around. And I want to tell you today, I want to remind you today that God does those. God does turn things around. And if ever we wanted anything that reminded us that God turns things around, we are here today singing about it, talking about it, celebrating it, that when Jesus was dead, done for, in the tomb, everything over, God turned it all around again on the third day. And the God who resurrected his son can bring you back from the darkest and deepest of your depths too. Resurrection. It's not just about history. It's about what God does for you in life and what God will do for you. Easter is a reminder that God's the God who brings about amazing, unexpected, life-changing breaks. He's the God of resurrection. We're all familiar with setbacks. Broken trust. Sickness. Bereavement, disappointment, financial stress, divorce. And the normal reaction to a setback is that when you experience a setback, you take a step back. And now you're in a position where you're not actually pursuing your vision and goals anymore. And not only that, but you're further back than you were before the setback hit you. You with me there? So our reaction often to setback is we take a step back. And what's even worse is that some people, when they face a setback, they actually settle in that step back. And my Encouragement to you today is if that's where you are in life right now, don't you dare settle in your setback because God's a God of resurrection. Because if you settle in your setback, you will become a discount version of yourself. And you'll miss the amazing twist in the story that God is planning for you. Now, the truth is this. We've all been through hell in different ways. Okay, it's good. We prayed that Easter Sunday a lot of unchurched people would come, and I guess all the folks who never said a word then, you're working on reality. We've all been through hell. Amen. We've all been through very tough experiences and times in life. You know, Winston Churchill, my, my, mother, used to, my mother used to absolutely love Winston Churchill. He, I, I wasn't alive 
first service, I said I wasn't alive, of course, but that seemed to set somebody off laughing. But I, let me reassure you, I was not alive during World War II. But my mother was, and he was the wartime prime minister in, in Britain. And my mother always raved about Winston Churchill, what a great leader he was. And one of the things Churchill said, he's got some terrific quotes. He said, when you're going through hell, keep going. If you're going through hell right now, keep going. Keep going. You don't build a camp in hell. You don't build yourself a holiday inn in hell. Heck, you don't build yourself the Waldorf Astoria in hell. When you're going through hell, you keep going. You don't settle in your setback. You keep looking forward and you keep pushing forward because God is the God of resurrection. And when I say the pathway to your purpose will always pass through pain, I want you to notice the second last word there. It will pass through pain. Through is the key word. Don't sit. Don't settle. If you do that, your life becomes totally introspective and the things that have pained you become your focus instead of the God-given goals that you've embraced before. There is no reason to live beat down, stuck in your setback, nursing it, cursing it, rehearsing it, because God has written a resurrection into your, into your script too. You don't sit there with what went wrong but you keep looking forward to what God's got for you. I would have had a good life if it wasn't for your father. I would have had a good life if I hadn't lost my job. I would have had a good life if I had the chance of the education some of my friends had. Listen, forget what you might have had. Embrace what you've got right now and believe God for some great things in the days that lie ahead. You see, Easter reminds us that it isn't over. It's never over. The pathway to your purpose will always pass through pain, but through is the key word. Don't settle in your setback. Keep looking forward because God is preparing you for more than you can possibly perceive. God is preparing you for more than you can possibly perceive. So let's talk about the Easter morning as we see it in the Gospels. Easter morning, that Sunday morning comes. Those who loved Jesus and were closest to him were still mourning. All of them, his followers were afraid. Maybe the people that killed the Savior would be coming for them next. And then they were confused and disappointed because they expected Jesus to be the Savior and they just didn't understand how it all went suddenly wrong. And then in Mark's Gospel, chapter 16, here's what we read. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be afraid, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place 
where they laid him. They went to anoint his body with precious spices. They went resigned to the fact that Jesus was dead, but just hoping they'd be able to do something. But they left celebrating the resurrection. They went to anoint the body. They left because there was no body, because what happened there that Easter Sunday morning was more than they could possibly perceive. They had limited expectations. Maybe there will be somebody who will roll the stone back so we can get in with our ointments and spices. They left with this unbelievable news. Jesus isn't there anymore. He isn't dead anymore. Jesus is alive. None of them saw that coming, but it happened. God is preparing you for more than you can possibly perceive. Let me just say this, though. A comeback is not a go-back. So if you're in a place where you've, you've hit a wall and you've hit obstacles and things have kind of crumbled down in your life and have not gone at all the way you expected, I want to tell you this. God does not necessarily want to patch up what has been. God is way more likely to want to project you forward into something bigger than you ever imagined in the first place. Now, don't get me wrong. There are times when it's there are times when we need to look at what's been broken and pick it up and put it back together again. But the fact is this: a comeback is not necessarily a go back. Some of you today need to realize the past is the past, and you need to let go of the past. Some of you need to recognize the fact that unforgiveness is the highest form of self-abuse you'll find. I'll say that again. Unforgiveness is the highest form of self-abuse you can find because you're hurting nobody else. You're tearing yourself apart. And it's time to move forward into what God has got for you. In Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 18, it says this, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. God says, see, I am doing a new thing. Everything was quiet on Saturday because God was counting down to Sunday. And if you're living in a setback right now, I want to tell you this. God's counting down. God's counting down. And God has bigger plans for you than you anticipated. Jesus was coming back from the grave, back from the setback. Resurrection was about to happen. And the truth of that first Easter is the truth that God brings life out of death. God breathes hope into despair, and He does it by doing more than any one of us could ever imagine. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 31, the Apostle Paul says this. He says, what shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Whatever your setback is, wherever you are in life right now, I want to tell you this. Since God is for you, who can be against you? God's counting down to bring you through to what He's got ready for you next. Don't settle in your setback. Don't give in to despair. Don't let your heart be discouraged. Look up and look forward and remember that the God of resurrection is the God who said He will never leave us and He will never forsake us. And that, folks, 
is the message of Easter. It's the message of resurrection. New life, new hope through Jesus. And for those of you that are in a position this morning where life has beaten you down and crushed the plans you had, I want to remind you that God's the God who will lift you up and take you forward into the better plans that He has got for you. Because if the grave could not hold Jesus, and if death could not hold Him down, then the fact is this, no setback can ever keep you from the purpose for which God gave you life.